Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am once again doing a broadcast mailbag, first one in quite some time. Uh, Tracy is unavailable today, so you only get my dulcet tones, but I have uh, solicited a little bit of help from uh, some of our recruiting experts for some of your more detailed questions. Yes, I did read some of these in advance. Uh, So, Without further ado, I solicited questions about an hour ago on the message boards, and you guys came through with quite a few. Um, So I'm going to go through the football questions first, and then I will pivot over to basketball. So football will probably last the first, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes, and then we'll move on to basketball. All right, so starting off, we got a question from Dub Quacker, who uh, asks, Tracy... Are you still under the impression that this will be Chip's last year at UCLA, regardless of results? Um, yeah, so uh, I'm not Tracy. You know this. We've discussed it in the first minute of the show. Um, but I believe Tracy is still um, hearing the same stuff, that this might very well be Chip's last year, whether or not it's successful. Um, you know, he might potentially decide to move on if it is particularly successful, um, parlay it into something else. So we'll see. Um, I, I'm, that would be, um, a, so historically that would be kind of a rare thing to have happen. A successful coach leaving a program to go be like, I don't know, NFL offensive coordinator or something. Um, but who knows? Um, it's, uh, it's probably going to be a successful year. I mean, if you're looking at that schedule and and what the PAC 12 is shaping up to be next year, potentially even worse than last year. Uh, I think there's a really good chance that UCLA is a 9-1 team next year. Um, All right, next up, we've got Bruin Cuz. What do you think is the most likely way the Chip Kelly era at UCLA ends? Chip is fired, Chip leaves for another job, or Chip retires? So for me, I'm going off of just kind of the history of how coach uh, tenures end at schools. And for me, that is very typically firing. Uh, most coaches are not afforded the opportunity to retire um, from jobs. Um, and UCLA is, for all of its warts, uh, one of the top, I don't know, 20 Power 5 jobs in reality. Um, not in the like reality we convince, themselves of, convince ourselves of, but like the actual reality of how easy it is to recruit here. So I can't see him leaving for like another college job. I can't see another, like the, the college jobs that he would be potentially interested in leaving for would be the ones that you have a better chance of winning, I guess. And those ones uh, I don't think are going to be targeting Chip Kelly. Um, so it's, you know, is he going to leave for an NFL coordinator job? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of his uh, thinking on all this stuff. So my guess is that he is fired at some point, um, whether that's next year, five years from now. No idea, but coaches typically get fired. That's how their tenures end. Uh, Blue Lemon 3. Uh, now that you've seen McGovern through the spring, have your opinions on him changed at all? Do you think with the co- with the players we have that he can turn in a top 40-ish defense? Too early to tell? Give me some hope. Um, so I, um, I think he's going to be um, probably better than as an arrow. Um, really, how can you be worse? Uh, but I don't know if I see like some bright shining light of defense out of him, um, I don't think he's going to be one of the top coordinators UCLA has ever had on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I think he's installed sort of a, you know, a generic garden variety, you know, four, three, four, two, five defense that, um, can be successful. You know, I, I, you know, looking at the personnel, I think it's going to be a personnel dependent defense. I don't think they're going to be like out scheming teams that much. Um, which, Obviously, all defenses are personnel dependent, so I don't mean to say that you can't you can do some stuff without talent, but it's not going to be kind of um, uh, shall we say gimmicky the way the last two years of UCLA defense was, where it was heavy blitzing. I think they're going to try to get a lot more done through base pass rush, uh, but the Murphy twins really do add a lot. I think the switch to a four three fits the personnel a lot better um, in terms of how many uh, pass rushing type guys they have on the ends um i think carl jones will have a bigger role just by the kind of schematic change um for the defense 
and uh, those Murphy guys are really good. Um, and then you add Darius Muasau to the equation. I think the defense is going to be better. Um, yeah, there were some issues. Um, the the run defense just generally didn't look great at times in spring, but it's really hard to tell. I mean, w- making schematic assessments based on the spring is just it's very difficult because you're you're only seeing them against an offense that they're training against, um, and macro assessments just always I, I take them with a major grain of salt because it's just very hard to tell I like to use the spring and I've said this in the past I use it more as an opportunity to um, make personnel evaluations um, and I think the reality is they've got some guys on the defensive side who coming in through the transfer portal will make an impact this year um, the Murphy twins especially but also um, Darius Muasau. Um, those are the three guys that I would say incoming dudes who can change the complexion of the defense. Um, and with that, so you asked about McGovern, I think it's going to end up looking like McGovern was an upgrade over as because I think the defense will be improved. Um, whether that is in truth, what it was, or whether it was just the addition of three transfers is, you know, up for debate. But I think um, already I would say the, the the scheme change appears to fit the personnel a little bit better than what um, they would have had if they'd kept as an arrow. Uh, Alex M. Scout asks, Mr. Mockover, uh, what is your favorite UCLA football jersey style? I don't care. Uh, how many monster David Singleton dunks do you expect to see this upcoming season? All right, so he's going to play 14 minutes a game. His explosion improved last year. We can only anticipate that it will improve even more. So I'm going to say there will be two, and they will bring the house down. Um, and then what is my favorite? Uh, who is who is my favorite Bill Walton sidekick? It's definitely not Pash. I think people get this, get this twisted. Um, Dave Pash is the jerk in that, in that little dynamic duo. Um, he's the one who, like, is rude to Walton uh doesn't um he he thinks he's playing along but he's actually just being kind of a jerk um Walton's you know he's 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 doing a shtick for sure but uh Pash is uh you know he leaves him hanging a lot I I actually don't think he's very good at all um for Walton I think uh I think Ted Robinson is actually pretty good because he can play along with him and he also knows enough to like prod him on some of the things he says in an educated way, which actually serves to make Walton a little bit more serious um, and uh, make him uh, kind of engage a little bit more in actual conversation, um, which I think when Walton's at his best, when you're uh, kind of hearing him uh, talk expansively about things rather than just saying like non sequitur after non sequitur, which is what I think ends up happening with Pash, who's um, a, a rube. All right. Um, this is the mayor. If you were a professional fighter, what would your walkout song be? Wow. Okay. Um, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, 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 I immediately just like think of walkout songs from like WWF times from like 1997. So I don't, you know, those weren't even real songs. Like, it's like, everybody's got a price. I forgot even who that was. Um, is that the Million Dollar Man? I don't know. Um, I think it was. Uh, Ted DiBiase, baby. Um, I don't know. The only songs that play through my head at all times are children's songs at this point or Irish um, drinking and or um, um, uh, martial songs. So I'm going to go with uh, The Minstrel Boy. J Crew 223 uh, for basketball 2023 recruiting it seems less hopeful that we get the big fish shouldn't we be offering the second tier west coast guys now before it's too late um i think it's getting towards time um i think they're going to have another evaluation period coming up in july that's going to be another big one um but there's there's still a little bit of time but yeah i think it's now where you start to have to really assess your chances um with Collier and Ron Holland um, and, but I think the reality is they're going to need a lot more guys than that anyway. Um, so I would, I, I think we're going to see it, but I would, I would definitely be getting on it, um, uh, pretty heavy here. Um, cause you don't want to be late or too late. I think UCLA, you can be a little bit late because it is, 
you know, it, it is um, a name brand in a way in basketball that it isn't as much in football, though I think, again, that the cachet gets underrated in football too. UCLA is still a big brand. Um, but in hoops, um, you can wait. You can you can be a little bit late, especially on local guys, and still feel pretty good about landing them. Um, but you know, there's a there's a point at which you will be too late. Um, so I don't think they will be. I think they've got a good handle on it, um, and we're going to start to see, I think, some more movement in the next couple of months. Uh, B4 Bruins, do we still have any transfer targets? Uh, I think we have that camp that welcomes transfers, but I guess it should be for low-end prospects, and are we setting up any June official visits? Um, they more than likely will have some June official visits, but they're not going to be like the May weekends. It'll be maybe a couple of guys here and there, um, and we'll hear more word on who specifically, but I don't think they're going to target those as like, um, you know, the eight person weekends that they've had or the five person weekends, even that they've had in May. Um, and then for transfer targets, I think it's going to be a lot of looking for offensive linemen. Um, that was the big takeaway from the spring. Don't see any reason why that would change. Um, I think they'll, you know, obviously kick the tires on some other positions, but I think the priority is going to be offensive linemen. Um, but as for specific names at this point, um, not much, but we'll, we'll definitely get those to you as we get them. Um, all right. Digital pimp, uh, says who are the new analysts coaching replacements and waiting who have been hired? I know Darren Cheverini, but is there anyone else? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, were there any other announcements? Um, I don't think anyone off the top of my head. There was, there's an analyst, there's a newish analyst from USC in Arizona called Greg Burns. Um, but he might've been there a while. I'm not sure if he was there last year. Um, and then also, does anyone have the OC title this year? Not that's been announced. Um, and I, I could see them leaving that vacant and seeing who emerges from this offensive assistant group as the guy to, you know, deserve that title. Um, you know, I, I think the the person who probably makes the most sense is Gunderson, um, the quarterback's coach. Um, so we'll see. But uh, as of right now, nobody announced with it. And then he has another question. Do you think that moving forward in recruiting, we will have more transfer signings than high school signings? You know, I've been encouraged this cycle by how much, especially Ken Norton, but just generally speaking, they seem to be prioritizing, um, especially in the last like month, uh, the high school class and the number of guys they appear to be in the top two or three for um, that. It makes me think that this will be a slightly heavier high school class than the last one. Um, so hopefully in the, you know, 16 17 range um but we'll see um i I know for for this uh program the transfer portal has been um a priority and an increasing priority over the last over the last few years i don't know that it i mean i've made my objections to the transfer portal as like a uh the the central component of a strategy but um it's it's and tracy and i talked about this a couple weeks ago um there's probably a level at which you're going to recruit guys in the transfer portal simply to be backups. Um, I mean, I think that's already happening. Um, and if you continue to increase the percentage of your class that's transfers, you're essentially recruiting two and three deep players um, in the transfer portal, which, I mean, why not just recruit high school guys and maintain your ties with the local area um, and get potentially more eligibility out of them? Um you know, the, 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 the transfer situation for UCLA is really interesting in that I would say the vast, vast majority of UCLA's transfers out have been guys who are not uh, California local. They are largely guys from out of state returning to places out of state. Um, I think if UCLA prioritizes recruiting locally, um, they're not going to see a huge drove of those guys uh, leaving um, to transfer. And uh, that's probably better than recruiting a bunch of two deep guys who are um, transfers with less eligibility. Um, so anyway, uh, it's kind of the same thing I've been saying. Um, and then any word on transfer offensive linemen, DBs, or backup running back on our radar? Uh, yeah, don't know any specifics right now, but we do know that um, offensive linemen especially are going to be priority. Uh Ken Norton Jr. and Jerry Neuheisler are clearly the recruiting leaders at this point. How would you assess the other coaches on the staff? Haven't heard too much about Kwahaha in the reports. Yeah, Malloy and uh, Coach K um, 
are both um, really energetic recruiters per our recruiting experts, um, Malloy especially. Um, and I think you're going to hear their names quite a bit more as we go forward. I think Norton Jr. Um, has made a big splash here in the last couple of months. I think he hit the ground running in a big way. Um, and I think there was <laughs> there was some slack to be picked up there, um, which he did. Um, and I think his his kind of the gravitas that he brings to the table, I think it made an immediate impact on a lot of these guys. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if it's purely, you know, apples to apples, what he's doing versus what Malloy and um, Kawaha did. Um, and I think, but I think we're going to see more from them um, over the coming months um, and guys that they're targeting, targeting. But uh, yeah, no, Ken Norton Jr. And uh, Jerry Neuheisel are clearly very, very effective. Um, but I think, the big takeaway I have from the early part of this recruiting cycle is that UCLA actually has some assistants who are real recruiters again, um, which is uh, obviously a priority and very good to see. Uh, from Scott G805, with the rapid improvement seen in the spring, do you see Justin Martin becoming the guy after DTR leaves following the upcoming season? You know, it's a great question, and I, I, if you had to, if you had to. If you put a gun to my head and I had to pick one, I'd say between him and and Ethan Garbers, I'm probably going with Martin. Um, I, I think he's behind Garbers right now, um, but the upside, the physical upside, um, it's just a matter of when. I think not if he surpasses uh, Ethan Garbers. Uh, he's just got so much more physical ability, so much more athleticism um, that. Uh, it's just a matter of when he gets into that upside, when he starts to really climb. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, to your point, given what we saw from essentially four weeks of spring um, and the strides he was already able to make, um, I'm excited to see what he looks like next spring. And I think it will be a very fun competition because you're going to have Garbers who's got who's going to have that veteran savvy, like all of that stuff. And then you're going to have Martin who's got so much physical ability. Um It'll be interesting to see. And then UCLA forever. Do you think that Ken Norton took the LB job with the understanding that he was the head coach in waiting or that he would be given every opportunity to get that job? No, no. Um, now, I don't think he's an idiot. Um, and I think he might have taken the job and understood, hey, uh, maybe I want to get back to UCLA. Um, and maybe this would be a stepping stone for me to potentially be in line for that sort of role at some point in the future. But I don't think it was with any kind of head coach and waiting idea. And, and it would be a rare instance where a, um, a position coach uh, jumps up to the head coach job after being part of, you know, a, a staff of, um, you know, uh, a staff that may, I mean, as I was saying earlier, most head coaches get fired. Um, that's how their tenures end. So say Chip Kelly gets fired after 2023. Are they really promoting the linebackers coach from his failed staff for the head coaching job? I don't know. Maybe. Um, and even if Kelly succeeds and then moves on, as, as Tracy um, has said may happen, um, are they promoting the linebackers coach or are they promoting, you know, somebody else on staff or are they going outside again and hiring somebody else? I I, I don't know. I mean, I think he's got enough of a resume that it's not I, I don't think it's outlandish. And I, I think you could you could definitely talk yourself into it. And it's certainly not a. It's not the typical UCLA situation where you're just hiring an alum um, because he's an alum. I think Ken Norton Jr. has enough of a background that it's not ridiculous. But also, and this is important because you should always keep this thought in mind, who else is hiring Ken Norton Jr. for a head coaching job right now? You hear those crickets? So we'll see. I mean, there's all kinds of fit stuff, you know. I think he would be a, a better fit at UCLA than other jobs, um, and he's clearly shown he's a dynamic recruiter who still has some energy for it. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, I think um, you know he'll he'll have some definitely some support if he ever wants to pursue the job. Uh, Digital pimp asks another one: Who drinks more, you, Tracy, or Ryan Abraham? I'm guessing the USC guy, Tracy, and then you in that order. I would say you are correct. Um, I am very much not not really a drinker these days. Now, if you talk to me about 10 years ago, um, the order here may have been, um, if not completely inverted, I, I think I would have had a, a, a strong claim to number one, mm, more than likely number two, but still strong claim to number one. Uh, but no, since I had 
children um, that has gone by the wayside. Um, you know, maturity and also the idea of having a two or three day hangover just does not uh, does not sit with me very well. Um, all right, AHN fifteen. Class prediction for basketball and which top-ranked football recruit could we possibly sneak in for? Um, I don't know about sneak in. The top-ranked guy that they have a really good chance with is um, probably Malachi Crawford, um, the cornerback that they already had a commitment from earlier. Um, For a class prediction for basketball, um, okay. I'm going to say they miss – I did this a little bit um, the other day, but I'm going to say they miss on both Collier and Holland just to be that guy um and then i will say they pick up commitments from i'll say they get stoyakovich uh i'll say they get milan momsilovich um I could see Arrington Page even with Collier potentially not ending up in Westwood um, in my scenario here. And look, could they still get Collier in Holland? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just going based on my best guess gut right now. Um, I'll say maybe they eventually, eventually come around on Dennis Evans, offer him, and I think that one would be a pretty quick commitment. Um Maybe like a Christian Hammond or a BJ Davis. So we're talking. Okay, so I would have it as Milan, Andre Stoyakovich, Dennis Evans. Then let's say BJ Davis right now, and then that's what's that? Four guys. And then um, maybe you pick up one transfer. Call it a five-person class, and then you know pivot if you have to and add some more guys. Something like that. I mean, I, I right now, I would say the, the five-star guys, I mean, and this might be my own biases at play, too, which is like, I'm kind of like, eh, do, we, do you really want the number nine and number ten guys in the country who are, you know, potentially not going to be around that long and also from out of the state? Or do you want some, you know, program guys who are going to, you know, stay around for two, three, four years and uh, help build the thing? Because um, I think that's the, that's the class this needs to be. It needs to be the class of... Um, foundational players um so that's maybe i'm i'm reflecting some bias there in a bunch of guys that they you know are uh you know are going to prioritize but it'll be more likely this summer but um yeah i'll say those four and then you know if they're picking up another guy you know blake buchanan um christian hammond um there's there's a variety of guys but um i think that's a core class that starts with Milan and Andre Stoyakovich, um, and then you know you add a project center and Dennis Evans, who's got height and all that. I think that could be a nice little core for the uh, next run for UCLA under Cronin. Um, all right, so next one we have. Hang on, I moved away from it. Um, we have from Chico73, do you think DTR has shown better ability this spring to throw a touch pass? We know he can throw a lower trajectory hard pass. Uh, I would say touch remains his probably relative weakness. I think he's gotten better over time. Um, he hit some nice, beautiful deep throws, but he also sails them still. Um, you know, when he misses a guy, it's usually overthrown. And the reason that is, is because he's throwing it too hard, um, not taking enough off of it. Um, and so I, I think that's still kind of his, his, his thing to work on his, his cross to bear. Um, but it's gotten better over time. Um, and I think he's, um, he's improved in a lot of facets of the game. I think that one is one of them. Um, is it, you know, where he's going to be just dropping dimes way deep downfield, like Aaron Rodgers or something? No. Um, but he's, he's gotten a little bit better, um, and his, his general decision-making has improved quite a bit over the last couple of years. Uh, Digital Pimp asks another one. How does Tamari and Harden stack up against our new running back commitment, Roderick Robinson II? So I haven't seen Robinson in person, um, but based on what I've seen, um, I think Robinson is more explosive. Um, he's a little bit better of an athlete. Harden is more of just kind of a 
he's a he's a he's a between the tackles guy. Now now that said, Harden did show some nice hands out of the backfield in spring. Um, I think it'll be it'll be fun to watch these two. Um, I think they're bo- two big power backs with some um, agility, some ability to do um, other things. Uh, but Roger Robinson, I would say, is kind of a cut above Harden in terms of talent. Um, but uh, two good guys to have in the backfield. Uh, MV Bruin fan, can you please address the current state of NIL? Do you know to what extent it was a factor in the Robinson commitment and potential Trey Edwards commitment? Are you more or less optimistic about UCLA's overall NIL situation? We should, um, we're going to get more information about this probably in June. Um, going to talk to some people um, around kind of about the uh, the Westwood Exchange and how everything's going there. But um, I've, I'm pretty bullish on UCLA's potential in the NIL, um, uh, arena. I think there's enough invested alum, both in basketball and football, that, uh, they're going to get it figured out. And I think it's already showing itself not to be a major weakness, I think, for UCLA. Um, and I think in light of, in light of where a lot of the transfers who were kind of odd ended up, um, Miami, uh, I think th- there was something very unique going on at Miami that I don't know is happening in a lot of places. Um, and I think that's what you're going to see in the start to this whole period is that, um, you know, some schools are feeling it out in a different way. Uh, and I think UCLA now is it, is it, is it as fast as everyone wants? Is it as much money as everyone wants? Maybe not, but I think they're being, you know, cautious and responsible about how they're doing it. Um, which may serve them well if uh, anything the NCAA is currently doing has any teeth whatsoever, um, because it appears that they're going to try to crack down on some of this. Um, so UCLA, um, you know, it's it's not a risky approach, um, but I do think there's enough um, investment from um, alums that um, uh, it's not it's not the it's not the weakness that it is at say you know ASU where. They, they're losing a lot of guys because Herm Edwards um, running a failed program, but also because they have, they've produced very little money for the players. Um, I think UCLA is in a better situation than that. Uh, UCLA 34. UCLA seems primed to win 10 to 11 games this year. Does Chip stick around with a really successful year with recruiting and program momentum on the upswing? Um, yeah. I, I Well, that's my opinion. Um, there's... As Tracy has said, there's a real chance that a successful year actually leads him to move on. Um, but yeah, I think I think if they win, I think the most likely scenario for me is that um, Chip's around again for the 2023 season. Um, but we'll see. Um, you know, there could be some very very strange things that happen. Uh, Bruin uh, 1396 favorite favorite items at Trader Joe's. I don't know anything on the. This is the second time. I've gotten this question in like the last month. I don't know anything at Trader Joe's. I've never shopped there. Uh, what's your go-to In-N-Out order? Um, I get a double-double animal style. Um, and that is about it. Um, when I, In my younger days, I would get the double-double animal style and fries animal style. But uh, there's only so much your stomach can take um, when you reach my advanced age of 36. Digital Pimp, uh, what's all this culture talk? Who started it? What's different? Why is every recruit mentioning this now? I'm not complaining. It's a good thing. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, in as much as you can credit uh, Chip Kelly for anything, um, <laughs> you know, with a 18 and 25 program. Uh, one thing is, and this is something Tracy and I were talking about, is uh, the, it is a generally good culture around the program. Um, as I mentioned there aren't fights in practice. Like, it seems like these guys all genuinely get along. Um, it seems like the coaches, um, you know, generally have the respect of their players. It seems like the kids are generally, you know, I mean, there's always a couple, but uh, generally good people. Um, and so I, I think there's just a, a good feeling about, um, you know, the the general camaraderie and uh, feel around the program. You know, it's not a... Um, it's there's not a bunch of crazy stuff going on um and you got to remember like yeah some some kids want to come to the school and just like go on go party and have that be their official visit but um some kids don't 
um, and they want it to be, you know, I think, and I think there's a lot of fun on their official visits, but they want it to be like a little bit like, Hey, here's this really cool school and here's all the cool stuff we're doing here. And, um, you know, here's, uh, you know, all these like really great people that you can be around. And I think, uh, UCLA has that feel. Um, and it's, I mean, think about what you want for your kids. Um, you want them to go to a, like, I mean, do you want them to go to a school to, you know, party and have a bunch of fun? Yes, maybe. But you also want them to be around good people and you know, in a good environment where people care about them. And I think that's the good vibe that people get coming out of the UCLA visit um, is that there's that feeling around the program, which, you know, that's great. Um, you know, just that's I think that's a really good thing to know about the program you follow. Um, you know, it, would it be nice if they weren't 18 and 25 right now? Yes. But just by itself, it's it's a uh, it's a very good thing that um you know ucla has that rep uh bruin 1396 says uh can you ask ryan how to stay motivated when your coworkers aren't putting forth nearly the same effort um i don't know why you would direct this question to ryan um yeah i i put my sweat blood various other bodily fluids into that podcast the podcast of champions every week and i just have to carry somebody on my back the entire time and it uh it 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 wears on you it it can crush your spirit but um the way i get through it is by being um you know something close to a saint i won't say that i'm a saint but something close to it um some sort of uh certainly some sort of religious figure um or at least having that level of uh character and um and uh general kindness and uh uh you know, selflessness. Um, that's, that's how you stay motivated when you're just carrying an entire, um, I mean, just an entire thing on your back, whatever it is, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a business, whether it's uh, the fate of the nation and the world. Flem 55, uh, one, how hot will it be for an 1130 AM August kickoff? Hot, damn hot. Uh, Augie West, if Cronin lands two or three class of 23 five stars, does he still fill out the roster with transfers, all of whom might leave after a year, or does he then go after multi-year four stars? It's a great question. Um, it depends on the five stars. Um, but yeah, I mean, say it's, say it's Collier and, um, Holland. I think the, the transfer situation then gets interesting, whether you want multi-year guys, um, in the transfer portal. I think you could still probably take one, like one and done transfer. You know, one guy who's only got a year left. But if you if you if you just take a bunch of guys who are all going to be gone after a year, you create the same sort of roster balance issue that they have right now. Um, except everyone will be an aged a year up. I think this is a great opportunity this year to balance the thing out. Um, if you can get one or both of Collier and Holland, that's great. And then add, you know, one or two guys who have like two or three years left of eligibility in the transfer portal and then add, you know, three or four uh, multi-year four-star high school players. I mean, I just talked about like eight dudes. I'd end up needing to be an eight-person class. But that's the way you've got to do it because you have to keep class balance in mind. Um, I think this is where it gets tricky being the UCLA head coach versus being the like Kentucky head coach or one of these other ones where you're doing just the one and done thing. Once you get on the train where you just have a bunch of one and dones every single year, it's really hard to get off of it um, because you just constantly have to reload with enough talent to maintain your level of success. I think UCLA can afford um, a, a semi rebuild next year. Um, I don't think they need to mortgage the future to uh, achieve some, you know, continuous level of success. I think if if in 2023, 2024, they're like, you know, not middle of the pack, but if they're, you know, uh, top four-ish in the Pac-12 and they finish with like a six or seven seed, that's not the end of the world. Um, if it means that they have reloaded and the, you know, this year's freshman class, they had their good sophomore season and then they're poised to be the leaders of a group that's going to include a bunch of, you know, talented but young uh, four stars in that 2023 season who then become, you know, much better players in 2024. Um, but I, I think that's – I think for, for Mick Cronin, for the staff, for UCLA generally, getting used to that idea that this doesn't need to be a – every year is uh, is – pure profit like every year you're just uh completely uh 
you know, you're exceeding last year's results. I think um, building for longevity, um, you know, and that's why I'm big on prioritizing the program guys, prioritizing, you know, the four stars um, who aren't likely to be one and done, who do have some flaws in their games such that they will not be leaving after one year um, and invest in them. And the way you invest in them is with playing time. Um, and that playing time will not be possible if you're filling out the roster every year with one and duns and five star or one and duns and transfers who are coming with the express purpose of playing immediately. Um, you know, I think um, that's that's the way you build a program that can have some boom and bust. Um, whereas I think there's a way to build a sustainable UCLA program that is uh, maybe not literally every year. Um, winning or competing very heavily for the Pac-12 title, but pretty much every year. Um, and I think the way you do that is with sustainable um, four-star recruiting, uh, particularly locally. All right, next up, UCLA Aga. What specifically makes you think the chip era has turned to an upward trajectory? And can this trajectory stay with or ahead of the juggernaut USC seems to be becoming? So I, I'm not on the this has turned to an upward trajectory. I would say there's some signs that it's flattening. Um, I would say some signs that there could be a potential upward shift here pretty soon, but I'm not there yet. They went eight and four last year, which I think was about par for what we all thought going into that year, um, which is better. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, but I, it's not enough for me to say this thing is rocketing upward right now. Um, I think we're going to have to see a real year this year, like something where they actually compete, where it's not just a reflection of the schedule that they look good, but that they actually win some games that they maybe shouldn't. Like beat Utah, start the season 6-0, and um, because that's the only losable game in there. Um, start the season 6-0. and Then we'll talk. Then we'll say, okay, this this thing's actually, you know, maybe it's finally getting turned around. Um, but if you look at those first five games, I mean, there's not a game in there they should lose. There's not a game in there that they should uh, not win by two touchdowns, which is something like that's something to be said about UCLA. Like they're not in the bottom of the Pac-12 anymore. They're they're a middle tier program, but it's also something about Washington, and Colorado right now. Those those programs are dirt, and uh, and the non-conference schedule is extremely weak. The weakest non-conference schedule I can remember at UCLA. So um, they should be five and zero, and then they've got a matchup with Utah. Beat Utah. B six and O, and I'll start talking about an upward trajectory. I mean, look, I'm I'm uh, yeah, I've I've garnered a reputation over the last few years of being a little bit negative, but uh, the, the 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 thing to remember about me is I'm also possibly the world's biggest weather vane when it comes to UCLA sports. I'll be I'll be leading the charge of hey, Chip Kelly's turned it around if they actually look like they've turned it around. Like, and I'll be I'll be honking that horn. Um, but they got to start six and zero. If you know, getting blown out by Utah or something, and then they're five and one, it's just par, um, and par doesn't get anyone excited. Um, I think, it, and yeah, you can lose to Utah and still have a really good season that gets everyone excited. But that's the way it'll happen the earliest. Um, and I think there's signs in recruiting that things are are turning in a good direction. I think it's a reflection of who they hired, but who hired them? Chip Kelly. Um, so I think you have to give him credit for going out and hiring Ken Norton Jr. Um, and Ken Norton Jr. is turning out to be a bang-up hire. Um, and then I think you're going to see some stuff out of Malloy and Coach K um, in terms of their recruiting. So I think there's there's signs. There's 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 this this program isn't lifeless. There's it's not the it's not like the final years of like Rick Neuheisel where they. Um, throw joe tracy out there um it's not that you know they've got some they've got some guys with a pulse it's just a matter of turning that into actual wins turning it into an actual successful season and i think there's a chance for it the schedule is set up for them to waltz into eight wins um and then nine wins that should be that should be your expectation this coming year and then the question is can they really put it together and win 10 and we'll see all right, and then uh, got some questions on the basketball board as well. Uh, some of those were mixed in here, but uh, this is from Midwest Bruin. Is Chip Kelly done in the transfer portal? Already answered that one. 37 Bruins, buy or sell, or at least rate, 1 through 10, UCLA basketball recruiting for the 2023 class. Um, I'm always going to buy UCLA basketball recruiting, um, 
But I think the fact that it's going to have to be such a big class and they don't have a commitment yet, it's a little, you know, I won't say it's not concerning, but it's also like, I mean, you can't give that a 10. Um, I would say it's like at a seven. I think they're recruiting. I think they spent some energy on some, some guys that's, um, you know, I think the Dusty Stromer situation was disappointing. Um, and I don't know if there's any other way to really um, describe that one. But it's UCLA, so unless you're really, really, really screwing up, um, it's hard to ever – I mean, I, I, I'm i rating the 1 to 10 on, like, an objective scale. Like, what class do I think they end up with? Oh, one with multiple four-stars who are good and, and, and very good prospects. Um, so that's good. I mean, but that's on, like, the absolute scale. On, like, relative to UCLA basketball, I think it's, like, middling at this point because we just – we haven't seen any commitments yet. Um, so we'll see. You know, if they end up with Collier um, or Holland and then um, sign something similar to the class of four stars I was talking about earlier, I mean, that's a that's a pretty damn good class and I think a foundational one for the future. So we'll see. It's really, really early. It's still very early to, to be rating it at all. Um, go UCLA 05. Is Theta a good investment? So let's look up. Let's look up how Theta is doing. This is a crypto coin. Theta has gone down in the last year from about nine, no, about 14 bucks to now about um, $1.09. So I'd say bad investment. That's my, that's my, that's my instinct here as a investor in precisely zero crypto. Uh, true mismatch. I heard Mel Kuyper in an interview this week saying he believes uh, Martin Jarman wants to hire his own football coach. Do you think when the 2024 football season opens, Chip Kelly will still be the head coach? Have addressed that. I would say my my personal opinion is that yes, he will. Um, so we'll see. Bruins 32 football. Who do you think will be the best defensive player? Hmm. Let's go Musao. What the hell? Uh, basketball, do you think the Bruins will actually play at a faster pace or will it still put a premium on value and possessions and running down the clock? I have watched many Mick Cronin basketball teams. So the answer is, of course, they will put a premium on valuing possessions and running down the clock. And I do not believe uh, for one moment that they will actually end up playing at a faster pace next year. Football, basketball, spill the beans on the best, worst UCLA recruitment stories you can share. Um... The best, the worst things in basketball were all guys they paid for that um, ended up being horrible. Um, so I can't do that. Um, though maybe you can read between the lines. Um, <laughs> there was there was one towards my tail end of a student that was very funny. Um, and then uh, football. Um, I mean, there's the very famous Colt Lyerla uh, story, which is best described by many people on the message board rather than um me failing to encapsulate it via um via podcast um the best stories i mean that brian price story is good um ben Allen pissing on the lawn that's pretty good um there's been some good ones over the years uh, UCLA 2015, what does Cronin do if we lose out on both Collier and Holland? I, I, I think that's a, a fine scenario where they can end up with some really good players. Um, and, you know, I think uh, I would, if I were him, I would be, uh, I'd be pretty excited about that potential class where you um, don't have one of those guys in there because I think you've got uh, potential for a really good developmental class. It I think it would lower the heat of some expectations for 2023, 2024. If you can say, Hey, we've got a good class of guys who are going to stick around from this year. And then we've got a good class of guys coming in. Um, and they're going to really gel by 2024, 2025, but it might take a year. And I don't think that's ever going to be what he says publicly, but I think that would, um, be a very realistic thing. Um, and I think it would set him up for, uh, potentially having, really good set of years going from 2024 through whatever, 2026, 2027. Um, you know, I, I, but that's just me again. I'm, I'm sort of anti one and dones in general. Um, all right. And then, uh, Thobbs who, in your opinion, will be the first 2023 commit for basketball. Wow. Okay. 
Interesting. All right, um, I'm gonna go with, let's go with somebody they've offered. I'm gonna go with, what the hell? Let's go Milan Momsilovich. Even though uh, he may wanna stay Midwest, even though yada, yada, yada. Let's say he just comes out to LA and he's just absolutely blown away and commits. That's what I'm gonna say. Milan Momsilovich. All right, next up. That's a complete and wild guess, by the way. Um, there's no real way of knowing because it's still pretty early and they're still, you know, figuring out who they're getting involved with and everything. Uh, chart one. Uh, one, how impactful will Amari Bailey's success or mediocrity at UCLA have on Mick's ability to recruit blue chips for the 2023 class and beyond? Um, I think it'll be significant. Um, I think uh, the Peyton Watson situation I don't think was a major positive for Mick and uh, the rep with five stars, um, which is probably unfair. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I think Bailey, is, as Tracy's opined, he's a different kind of prospect, and I think just by his natural ability, he's going to make more of an impact than, than Watson did. Um, so I think it's a... It's a problem that's, you know, we're, we're, we're making it out, and not we. I mean, I think everyone who follows is kind of making it out to be more of a thing than it is. It's not like late Howland era, nobody wants anybody to go to UCLA. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's it's the noise from having Peyton Watson not, not perform at the level that a lot of um, uh, people saw him. Well, essentially what it was, was... A bunch of NBA draft people saw him for like three summer workouts and decided he was, you know, a top 10 prospect. Um, and then the end result was he really wasn't, you know, I mean, he's he's a really, really high upside uh, dude who also has a ton of kind of basic development still to be done. Um, it's kind of a high risk, high reward guy. And that's how he performed at UCLA. You know, there were moments where he looked, wow, that guy looks great. And then there were moments where it was like, wow, does this guy, has he played basketball before? Um, and you know, that's the thing is, and this is the point I made at the time. If you had given Peyton Watson, Jalen Clark's recruiting profile, everyone would have been ecstatic with the year he had, and nobody would have been talking about him as potential one and done. Um, now some of it was his physical dimensions are different from Jalen Clark. You know, he's six, eight and long, um, in a way that Jalen Clark isn't. Um, but he's you know he's a he's a if you recast him as an energy guy that you got as a like you know pretty good four star with a lot of upside um nobody would have been saying oh god this guy's a disappointment um and i think just an unfortunate reality of where he was ranked and everything that um it's you know this there was this set of expectations on him and a set of expectations on ucla to play him a bunch amari bailey's a different situation amari bailey's a a a much more polished prospect at this stage um, who will make more of an impact and it should, you know, quash any concerns about Mick's ability to recruit blue chips and play them. Two, uh, has Chip putting more emphasis on high school recruiting this spring changed your opinion on his ability to achieve success at UCLA? Has his mentality changed? Was it a function of more proactive recruiting from new position coaches like Norton, Quaha, Ferris, etc.? Um, yeah, I kind of answered that already. Um, I think uh, it's definitely a good sign. Definitely a good sign. Listos, uh, what effect will the weird game times have on attendance? Attendance up or down this year? Um, I would say down. I mean, I don't think it's going to be positive. Uh, 11 a.m. is a hard one. Uh, you're in the direct sun of the Rose Bowl the entire game. Um, like the entire game. 12.30 at least, you start to see it dip a little bit behind the press box by the end of the game. Uh, and you at least get some shade on the shady side. Uh, 11 a.m. It's going to be brutal, brutally hot the entire time. Um, so it's it's going to be a negative. Um, how negative, we'll see. But weird game times plus non-marquee opponents in the non-conference is not going to be good for ticket sales. Um, 19, Bruin 1396, what era of UCLA sports was your favorite to cover? Um, Jim Mora era football was a lot of fun. Um, just there were so many... Um, it felt like there were so many characters. Um, the assistant coaches were all kind of um, these interesting figures themselves. Um, Adrian Clem, Demetrius Martin, uh, Jeff Ulbrich, um, all kind of these just, you know, kind of uh, 
sometimes caricature, sometimes just very charismatic individuals, but they were fun to talk to. Um, and then the players, um, you know, so many interesting guys um, and uh, from a wide variety of backgrounds and, and different locations around the country. Um, and Mora himself, I mean, the energy he brought to it when he was fully engaged made it a lot of fun to cover. Um, even when he was going on tirades and kicking the media out of practice, that at least made it interesting. And he did it in such a way that was very interesting. It wasn't the um, constant cloak of secrecy, but the actual, like, <laughs> you know, for, for media, it's, you know, it's it's a different deal. But, like, the anger <laughs> he would feel towards um, certain aspects of coverage or whatever would be uh, profound and interesting. Um, and uh, they were good. So it was, uh, you know, that was, that was certainly, that certainly helped. It's, it's a, it is a dark and dreary thing to cover a bad team. Um, it's no fun. Nobody's having a lot of fun and nobody, nobody reading is having a lot of fun. Um, and it makes it not enjoyable. Um, and unfortunately you see over the last 20 years, there's been a lot of that, both basketball and football. Um, but the Mora era in football, um, Probably the most fun I've had covering UCLA sports, the first three years especially. Um, going out to San Bernardino was actually something I looked forward to because it was, you know, you were watching a first a very good team um, practicing, um, but it was also, it just kind of felt a little bit more like an event. Like it felt like this was something actually worth seeing and worth watching. Um, and hopefully they can get that again in football. Um, I think there was, you know, I... I had a pretty good time watching this spring, um, and it wasn't, you know, so the talent on the field, but it was good to be out there and watch, um, you know, the full practices again and have some, you know, reasonable access. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd say Mora era, uh, first three years. Um, and, you know, basketball has been a lot of fun to watch and, and write about uh, the last two years. Um, so it's it's not rocket science when they're good it's more fun it's more fun for you guys but it's also more fun for us and for the reasons that it's interesting but also because you know i want them to do well too um you know and i think in, in some ways more than any of you guys because it's also tied to our bottom line when they do well we sell a lot more subscriptions all right well that is about it we don't have any more questions. Uh, thanks, everyone, for sending your stuff in. I went 52 minutes, so not quite the 45 goal, but I think I got everybody's. Um, if my answers were less than substantive for you, my apologies. If they were too expansive and you wish I had just talked less, also my apologies. Uh, we'll be back again next week with Tracy Pearson. Uh, but until then, uh, I'll talk to you again next time. Bye.